2: So now as he's readying his disciples for his soon departure, the Lord is not focused on what's ahead for him, but rather encouraging and comforting his disciples. And what he said to those disciples in the upper room is just as comforting and encouraging to them as it is to us many, many years later.
1: What a perfect time during the church calendar to uh, hear this message from Pastor Leighton Sheely of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. This is a daily visit we call Verse by Verse, and I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for uh, coming along today for this uh, devotional time. If you'd like more information about this ministry, we're on the web at studyversebyverse.com, and I'll talk a bit more about some of the upcoming Easter-oriented activities at the church when we get down to the end of our program today. Here's Pastor Layton.
2: Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else, believe on account of the works themselves. And so what Jesus is saying here, as he said before, is, is that he is God. That he is God incarnate. He is claiming deity. He is the way to God because he is God, and that's a truth that is a constant theme of the gospel of John. It's a watershed that divides true views of who Jesus Christ is from false views. There are a lot of false views of who Jesus Christ is. Some people think he was a, just a good man or a good teacher or a good prophet, but someone has said Jesus has to be either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Lord. He's a liar if he has intentionally gone out to deceive people into thinking that he's God. He's a lunatic if he believes his own lies or he really is Lord. And the evidence shows that Christ was Lord. He was who he claimed to be. Now, Jesus said, from now on you will know him. And it could be referring to that moment in the upper room, but it was only really after his death, resurrection, ascension, and the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, that the disciples really understood Jesus' deity and his relationship to the Father. But here Jesus spoke as if it was a present reality. In the scope of history, that's only a few days away. And so he spoke of it as, as though it was a present reality. Now, Philip, was not; he still wasn't satisfied, and so he continued to express a lack of understanding. He said, "'Lord, show us the Father.'" And what he is probably asking for is, is an experience like Moses had at the bush where God revealed himself in a miraculous manner. And Jesus' reply is a gentle rebuke. He's saying, how long, I've been with you for some time, you still haven't figured this out. To see Jesus is to see the Father. I and the Father are one. Is, these are words that no mere human has the right to use. And so Jesus again declares his deity and his oneness with the Father. He says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? If you've seen me, you have seen God, because I am God. And no doubt Christ's words are tinged with sadness because the disciples had lived with him for a number of years, the one in whom all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and yet they still did not understand the truth of who Jesus was. The Lord's command and command uh, question in, in verse 10, do you not believe that I am in the Father? And his command in verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, provides a cure for confusion and turmoil. You see, our Christian life is strengthened and sustained by believing in and continuing to believe in the fact that Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus is God incarnate. And Jesus says, I've told you, and I've told you, and and if you still don't believe the words, just look at what I have done. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me otherwise believe because of the works themselves. So he's giving multiple reasons, some multiple evidences that he was who he claimed to be. Look at what I've said. Look at what I've done. What I've done are miracles that only God can do. Can you connect the dots? That's not in the scripture. That's uh, latent right there. Verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Now, this is astonishing that Jesus here is declaring that his followers, his disciples, are going to carry on his ministry in his power, including the working of miracles. Now, the greater works that he refers to is not a reference to greater in terms of magnitude, or quality, but rather in terms of extent or quantity. Let me explain. Jesus never preached outside of Palestine. But his followers, his disciples, have gone all around the globe preaching the gospel, bringing the gospel to people. And Jesus only had a little interaction with Gentiles. But... Paul and and the others, and, and many disciples, have gone everywhere to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the time Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, there was probably no more than a few hundred believers. Today, there are billions of people all around the globe that believe in Jesus Christ, that identify themselves as Christians. Christianity is the largest religion in the world, according to the Pew Research Center. And this power, this ability to do greater works would only be available because he was going to the Father. And later as we continue our study, he's going to be talking about how his departure, he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to indwell believers and he's going to empower them for ministry. And that's going to be yet another source of encouragement and comfort to his disciples. That's why we at Church of the Highlands are not surprised when we see or hear of miracles. Because we expect them. Jesus said they would happen. And Jesus Christ hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name... In my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So here he made another promise. And that is that he listens to our prayers. In fact, he restated it twice, so it wouldn't be lost upon us. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I will do it. He is listening to our prayers. Now the disciples... For the last number of years, it depended on Jesus for everything. He's leaving. What are they going to do? Jesus is saying, pray in my name. I'll meet your need. Now, to pray in Jesus' name doesn't mean what some people think it means. Some people think it means some kind of a magical formula that if you tack it on to whatever you've said, God is obligated to do whatever you said. And that's not what in his name means. The other night I was on eBay, I needed to buy something, you know, so I put in my order and I clicked on the button. It said, make it happen. And some people think that if you say the words in Jesus' name, that's like pushing the button. Make it happen. That's not what it means. It has a much more profound and serious meaning. First, it means to bring our prayer requests into line with God's will and His purposes for His kingdom. You remember what Jesus said in the model prayer? He said for us to pray, Your kingdom come, Your will be done. So prayer is not about us getting our way, but rather about God getting His way and us being in tune with God's way. Prayer is therefore to align one's requests with the Father's goal of glorifying the Son. And then secondly, it's to acknowledge one's lack of self-sufficiency. It is to acknowledge that we need God. That we look to Him as our source, our provider, our guide, and our protector. And we come to Him, not based on any merits of our own, because we don't have any, but based on the merits of Jesus Christ, who has made it possible for us to come into the very presence of God through, His, through Jesus Christ. That's what we're talking about when we pray in His name. And who are we to address our prayers to? Well, you Remember, Jesus gave us the model. And He said, when you pray, you pray like this. Our Father. We don't have to pray to someone else. We have the privilege of praying to our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ and in his name. And so now as he's readying his disciples for his soon departure, the Lord is is not focused on what's ahead for him, but rather encouraging and comforting his disciples. And what he said to those disciples in the upper room is just as comforting and encouraging to them as it is to us many, many years later. We are encouraged and comforted by the assurance of God's continuing presence. You believe in God, believe also in me. I promise to never leave you nor forsake you. We are encouraged by the confidence that he is preparing a place for us we call heaven. That this world is not our home. That we're just passing through. And that we're going to enjoy God for all of eternity. The conviction that he is the only way to God. I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. The realization that he is God incarnate. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The recognition of his sustaining power. That he hears our prayers. And that he will provide for our needs. In accordance with his will as we live in His name. Amen.
1: Amen. And we'll start a new message on Monday when we come back with the next edition of Study Verse by Verse here on this station at this same time. This is a broadcast outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining with us. As you might imagine, there are quite a few activities planned around the Easter weekend starting on Friday. There is a Good Friday Remembrance service, actually two services, The first at 1 p.m. and then the second at 7 p.m. And then on Saturday, a full Easter service at 5 p.m. And then on Sunday, an Easter sunrise baptism service at 7 a.m. And then regular services at 8.30 a.m., 10 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. And all the details are on the web at churchofthehighlands.org. That's churchofthehighlands.org. Have a great weekend. And join us again on Monday at this same time when Pastor Layton will open the Word of God and we will study verse by verse.